Today on our show, we're counting down the best eight television shows since the podcast began. The best eight of eight in the last eight years. It's the eight all the asses part two. Word, hit it, Paul. What's up? Welcome to episode 423 of the Countdown Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Wayne. My name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. And today, as mentioned, it's the celebration of eight years of the show. Eight years. Second part with thanks to Sam Hurley for the name of the eight all the asses. Eight it. Celebration. And this week we're doing last week's inverse show. We did the worst eight shows of the last eight years today. It's the top eight shows that we have watched and enjoyed we want to recommend to you to get into if you haven't given them a bash already. Damn right. Pretty straightforward, right? Right. right. Nothing more to it than that. Uh, lots to celebrate. Lots to talk about. Some great shows on my list and I'm pretty sure on Wayne's list as well. As much as I hate to acknowledge it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Let's get into then the recount. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 wants a recount? Who? 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 wants a recount? Who? The recount is where we hear what all your asses had to say. Paul, let's hear about some asses. <laughs> uh, typical day in Wayne's house. <laughs> Previously, we counted down the top 10 movie insults. Mm. That one came to us from David Powell, patron extraordinaire. You can vote for, ask for us to do a countdown if you are a top level patron to the show. We didn't have as many votes this particular week, just the 33, but it was enough to crown a winner, Wayne. You were that comfortably 21 votes. 212. So well played, sir. I think your performances on the day really did seal the matter as far as I was concerned. You know, cursing's the only thing I can actually do. <laughs> Someone said, I think it might have been Chef Ben said, Chef Ben Randall from the In the Weeds podcast, also a patron of the show, said mm-hmm. Wayne's uh, Pacino was on point. Oh. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't Chef Ben, I do apologize to who it was. But uh, yeah, Mina Harker, okay, Dan said, I forgot who said what, so vote for Wayne. Just once again. <laughs> Proving that the waiting voting block exists. You guys are feeding his psychosis. Matt Rochelle said, both fun lists, but in Bruges for the win. The best insult ever was from TV. Weeds, the coffee table. Do you know what that means? I don't, because I love weeds. So um, I have to figure that out again. No, please. Jonathan Kidd said, nothing beats a good fuck start. (laughs) So you got to vote for that one. I was a little worried about that one. I'll be honest with you. David Powell said, well... I think Paul had Blade Trinity away of the gun. And I said, no, 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 you had way of the gun. I had Blade Trinity as mm. well. That one wins by just a little bit. And I got a little bit of clarity on where the comment about cunt hair came from. And that was from George Conaway. He said, your one cunt hair away from Hillbilly Heaven was from none other than Ron Perlman in Blade 2. Oh, yes. Wow. There you are. Now, my brother then brought to light, Wayne, that you may have fucked up I did fuck significantly up. in terms of quality podcasting for the Flatliners insult where you said it was directed at Billy Baldwin. Yes, it was not. No, who was it directed at? It was directed at Kevin Bacon. Kevin he Bacon. Was cur- he was cursing the little girl at the end and Billy Baldwin's curse was that all the women he, he pounded, ah, what did they do? They just came back and started talking at him. I don't know. I don't remember that film or anyone near yeah. as well as you seem to do. <laughs> so uh, well done to my brother for picking you up on that, which did though lead to an interesting other post that we received just recently. This is from listener Stephanie Col- Coley who said, wow, I never thought to hear about Keisha Reed, who is the young Winnie in Flatliners. That I'm talking about, yes. On any podcast. I did know her for a bit as a child because I was engaged to her uncle Albert. What? 
it was a one-off for her because we did ask what happened to her acting career. Maybe that was a one and it was. She never pursued acting. If you have to have one part though, this was outstanding. Dude, if I had spewed that vitriol that well on any major Hollywood film, I would have made that my thing. Yeah. It kind of is my thing. <laughs> for it. So yeah, that's very cool. So thank you, Stephanie, for sharing that. And uh, yeah, what a small world, in a sense, that we that's the shit. doth live in. And that's it for this week's recount. Wayne triumphs very comfortably in that list. We'll have the vote for the worst films coming up next week and then this one the week after, such as the release schedule these days. Check out the Facebook list community for the list there. And uh, Troy's been had the week off this week. He normally puts the list up for us. If not, Troy, maybe we need to maybe we need to work out some kind of round robin. We need to give him something. Yeah, we, we gave him a pack a while back, but I'm uh, happy to do it again if, if Troy's lost interest slash momentum. Or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, oh, like, mm, can we talk about that? No. Well, there's always my Actually, you know what we should be talking about right now? Yeah, yeah, we're Because we're, we're, we're about to lead into this. A promo for Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure, seventh year is running, which is all organized by Nicholas Haskins, ex-epic film guy, and now Nicholas Kitchen Runner. You know, he's a good man. A very good he's man. A very good His man. podcast now is all about food and positivity, but not in that order. <laughs> and so he is wanting to raise $25,000 US for the fight against cancer, which That's is about 2 million Australian. Yeah, give or take. So it's a lofty, lofty goal. So from May 18th to 20th American time, so therefore more like 19th to 21st our time, we or he is going to be coordinating podcasters from all around the world coming together to do hour long spots at a time to raise money for the fight against cancer. And it's been a success every year. They've hit their goal. This is their loftiest goal yet. So oh, it's a yeah, huge, it's a huge big. one. So incredibly, possibly stupidly, Nick has said, we can bring it home again. Yes, we are the last podcasters in, you know, the, the well, lineup of yeah. very, very talented people. So Australian, West Australian time, mm. 10 a.m. on Sunday, May 21st, we will be live streaming on this event. And that means obviously over in the Eastern States, that's more like midday. And if you're in the States, it's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's video, right, Polly? Yeah, we'll be so videoing. You'll be able to watch us do shit. We'll be doing shit. We're going to be doing a Would You Rather segment with the other hosts. So Nick, <laughs> Dan, who does all the tech side of things, or a lot of it, and Gerald as well. So the five of us are going to be doing Would You Answer Questions. And we're going to have a prize pack for the streamers who are online at that point in time watching who are going to answer along with these mm. gross, out there, weird, would you rather It'll be just questions. like that episode we did. Yeah, Except exactly. you'll be involved. That's right. And there's a big price. Now, there is news that we have, which we can't drop right now, I don't think. But there's something special about that prize pack you're going to want to be involved in. It will be a one-off, at least <sighs> initially. Yes, it's going to be very, uh, well, very difficult, special. special for us. <laughs> Very special. That's what we want. It'll be worth it. In addition to that, we're going to be wanting to. We want to hit certain markers. So at five hundred dollars, if we made five hundred dollars during our hour, Wayne and I are both going to watch a film we don't want to watch. Which we're going to ask you in the listener community, only place you can vote for this, to nominate a whole bunch of things, which we'll choose from. But right. then, if we hit seven hundred and fifty dollars, then you lot can choose the worst of the things that we're avoiding for one of us to watch. And if we hit a thousand, the other person will do that. So if we hit a thousand dollars, we're going to watch two movies each, which you have decided. So for me, you're obviously going to pick musicals. For Wayne, you're obviously going to pick horrors. Or you don't like have to, like. all right? <laughs> you can pick a porno, if you like. <laughs> wow. Something I was going to watch anyway, for example. Can, can you imagine <laughs> Wayne offering to watch a porno for charity? You're killing me, <laughs> That should be the prize poll. And then, you know, if you want to pick from the collection, anything involving redheads is fine. So we'll just go... For <laughs> 
<laughs> or you know, go with my. Well, you want to torture us because we're doing this for charity. We're going to put ourselves through. Some Actually, people. If you run... make Paul, if you make Paul watch a redhead porn, that's oh, his fucking. <laughs> Some people run long distances or walk long distances or, you know, build something significant. We will watch it for you. So that's what's going to be happening on May 21st, Australian West, West Australian Standard Time, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Please come along, get involved, show some support for a really great cause. But enough from hearing about it from me. Let's hear from Nick himself before we get into this week's countdown proper. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything live stream for The Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I am the host of the live stream for The Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years, we've made that difference together. Amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together and we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date and we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer together we will make a difference that's right it's the top eight <laughs> m- <laughs> the top eight tv shows of the last eight years ladies and gentlemen that, that radio effect you don't often hear on the radio with those words attached to it that's for sure <laughs> well no but then again there's a lot less ass eating than i'd like paul so um for fun let's have you go first. it's been a whole two weeks <laughs> Wayne has not eaten all the asses. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> I think maybe we need to have a charity for Wayne. <laughs> Before the show, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't guessed, Paul and I were talking about dry spells. That's all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> Wayne's is monstrously long by his standards. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Anyway. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Paulie, you... Wayne now thinking... You cock-juggling thunder cunt. Uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, I'm kicking it off with my eighth best show of the last eight years in the timeline of the podcast. And I could have had some things here, which I've talked about a lot before as best single season TV shows and whatever. So I decided to leave Me too. at least some of the those stuff out. that I would normally say like Watchmen and stuff. I didn't put it on you because I already talked about it a little bit. Yeah, so I left off. Uh, so maybe we're almost doing honorable mentions now, but I just left off The Last Dance because I talk about it all Me the too. time. Me too. I talk about it all the time. So that's, that's honorable. I left off Chernobyl because I talk about that all the time. I never saw the motherfuckers yeah. a word. Fine. So I went with number eight. It's a CV show which has just had recently a little promo for season two pop up. So I'm doing this on the basis of one season, but damn, what a season. Hmm. It's the only animated show on my list. It's from Amazon Prime or Prime Videos, Invincible. Ah! Which came out a couple of years ago. Stephen Yoon. I remember. The title character. This TV show was so blew me away. Like the first episode, I'm like, look at this broke-ass, boring animation style. What is going on here? Why are people raving about this? What is the deal? Then the end of the episode happens like, oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. This is Okay, I'm in. To see violence on this level in that standard 2D animation style, mm-hmm. because it is very much like your Saturday morning oh, cartoons God. of yore. It's like being back in the in the mid-80s. Yeah, and then they do it in that style, and then they go doing all this shit, and it is 
not just that it's violent, it is brutally violent and relentlessly violent in places where I'm like, I can't believe so many people are dying in this scene. And yeah. it's like, fuck. And this is the Walking Dead guy, right? Um, Robert Kirkman. Robert right? Kirkman, well, yeah. this, right? As if he didn't have enough money. But like, <laughs> um, I've read the comic that this comes from, and the TV show is about 10 times better. Really? The comic just has moments that you, oh, but the TV show gives you the entire moment. It adds different elements to the scene and it means so much more the comic is actually kind of average right i'll tell you straight now so but the the tv show is so much better it is the voice cast excellent so you have Stephen ewan in the i guess the titular role Mm -hmm. and j jonah jameson himself as his father that guy's voice is the shit yeah amazing stuff and it's just it's really largely unpredictable they create some good side plots and, and everything else as well and then it all kind of comes together in this great last episode and it went so well that Amazon greenlit season two and season three, and Seth Rogen was involved. It's been a while, in isn't the pro- it? Yeah, it's 2021, so we're coming into two years since this came yeah. out. But the second season is dropping sometime later this year. I think in fall American time, so spring our time, but maybe it's a little bit earlier than that. Cannot wait. Really excited. If second season nails it, and certainly the third season nails it, this could rise right up my list. But I had to kind of put it at the bottom end because, well, I've seen one season. Well, I was going to do that with Reacher. Reacher's not on my list, ladies and gentlemen, because, oh. again, I talk about it so much, but that would be on my list if, if I didn't talk about it so much, and it's only had one season. Did you have a brain tumor no, for breakfast? No, fuck face. Eat some dicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got, Wayne, at your Well, my range? number eight is very uh, a lot to do with the theme song you just uh, played. It's Ted Lasso. Very low. Yeah, but it's, you should see the other shit I got. low. <laughs> it might get lower still. Is that a song of some sort? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Okay, Ted Lasso, ladies and gentlemen, look, if you take this all, I know it's a favorite now, but if you take it back from when it started, what the fuck? I'm as surprised as you are, okay? Ted Lasso looked like a piece of shit. It's about an American football coach. It looked like a piece of shit. What it are you looked like about? a piece of it shit before it started. It looked like dick, man. When I heard that fucking, it's an American coach coming to England and they coach as a soccer team and what the fuck is this shit, all right? The only reason I looked at it is because of Bill, what's his name, did the fucking thing? Scrub the guy. Bill Lawrence, right? So I'm like, okay, let's see. All how it of goes. your arguments are like, no, my no, 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 man. Dude, it sounded like a dick sandwich. All right. It sounded like balls and fried Jeez. coke. All right. It was like, what the fuck is this? And anyway, that is Apple TV. Fine, whatever. Apple TV has a lot of class. But like, anyway. Also has some shit. It has some shit, but you know, good with the bad. Now, this here, now remember now, as I recall, the world was fucked up when Ted mm. Lasso came out. You got pandemics, all kinds of shit. 2020, it was we fucked needed up. needed some heartwarming niceties. That's right. And that's why Tiger King went so well. It's not on my list. Um. <laughs> if Tiger King was on your list, I would fucking flip this table. Very difficult. It's a very big table. Yeah. And storm out of here, never yeah. to return. No, I kind of wish I put it on. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing here, because Ted Lasso and his brand of optimism and all the shit that he does and the way that this show is and the heart that it has, really, that's what's made it like the bomb. And that's what I think that rode that, but it is by itself a good show. It's charming. Charming. It's, as you said, it's heartfelt. It's genuinely funny. This might be one of the only shows that I have a laugh out loud. Not even a little chuckle, not a sensible chuckle. Nothing sensible about the way I laugh at this show. I <laughs> sometimes am belly laughing. That's called a guffaw. Yeah. Wow. Like, oh, fuck. Like almost every episode, and it's almost always around. <laughs> Brett Goldstein's character. Oh, fucking Roy Kent. Ah, uh, that's right, Roy Kent. God, I love him. Roy Kent, sorry, Roy Kent. Roy's an actual footballer. Roy Kent. 
I love him so much that I forgot his name. That's how much I love him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When this thing started and I heard about it, because you got the hot blonde woman who owns the football team, I thought this is Major League. That's what I thought it was. I was yeah, like, oh, and they, they started out that way, but then they get her on board, and she's a really likable character too. Yes, to make her actually like personable and stuff is a good call, and that's the thing. And even, even oh, I don't want to spoil too much about it. I don't know if, if we can preach convert anyone in this late stage in the proceedings given that we're coming to the end of season three and it was only ever conceived by Brian Lawrence and Jason Sudeikis who's excellent excellent as Ted Lasso like I don't know if I could ever watch him as anything else now oh come on he was great in Horrible Bosses one <laughs> but like just him being a nice genuinely nice guy oh, once he loses the mo, he can be anyone he wants yeah okay know. trust me I mean he was certainly not convincing at all in that piece of shit in fact colossal piece of shit called Colossal where he ends up being the bad guy Anyway, he was fine in that. that. He was fine. Uh, you know what? He uh, he plays the, nice much better than he does bad. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I've always considered Jason Sudeikis an oddly handsome, funny man. Usually when you're funny, you can't be that good looking and get Olivia Wilde. You can't do that. Mm. You have to be odd looking. But he's managed to swing it. So there you are. Um, as well as that ended anyway. Well, it was always going to end. It's Hollywood, Paul. <laughs> you know? Also, it's marriage. So, um, <laughs> oh, bitch, please. Okay, so, uh, but yes, um, I can't remember. I was going to make a point about this, but I've forgotten it now. So let's just go with... Let's go with they're all good. All the characters. I even, you... I even like Beard. There was an episode in the second season which is all about Beard on Night Out. I which, liked that episode. Which should have been shit, but even that was charming enough to keep me I entertained. I agree. And also, have you watched season three? Only two episodes in. I have, I'm zero in. So I don't know what happened with Nate or any of that shit. All right? So, but I'm very much looking Setting forward up. to the it. The fact it was a three-season arc means that there's a lot that's going to happen in this third season. And I think they're very much of the mind that this will probably be the end. I wouldn't surprise if we got some kind of spin-offs and whatever else. But Someone just not, throws money at him and goes, come not on. Not involving Ted Lasso. Because I, I know Jason Dakers has said being over in the UK to film and that for that length of time is, is taxing on him and difficult on him. Of course, so, it's very cold and you know, meat pies. <laughs> the Americans don't like that. So, I mean... You so, know what, I think like, we just got to enjoy it while it lasts and it's not... Um, we're way behind. I think we're up to episode seven or so has now dropped. Oh, I'm way behind. You're even further behind than mm-hmm, I am. Mm-hmm. But the first two seasons are stellar and the third season set up beautifully. Can't wait. Can I also say, half hour episodes, ladies and gentlemen? No, half no, hour, no, no, no. Is it? longer than that. Are they? Yes. I always thought they were half hour episodes. That's how good this show is. Shit. It's 45 minutes to 50 minutes. It feels like half an hour to Wayne. Titties. All right. There you go. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great show. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> I think that's an excellent superlative. Go ahead. <sighs> All, right, All right. That's my Wayne's that's number my number eight. eight. What's your number seven, ridiculously, Cracker? Ridiculously, ridiculously <laughs> low. We'll see, Missy. My number seven is a show I think is very underwatched and underappreciated. It is also in its final season, and this is definitely confirmed. There's no threads of maybe it will continue like Ted Lasso. Well, the strike, yeah. Well, yeah, the rest of course, the rise strike has just, just hit in a very significant kind of way. I'm talking about Barry. Ah. Starring another funny man, Bill, Bill Hader. Hader, who has increasingly taken on. He was always a producer on the show and co-wrote a lot of the episodes, or at least uh, some of the episodes. But he's directing more and more of the episodes as the further the season, uh, the show progresses. And this follows a hitman, basically, mm-hmm. an ex-war veteran who's traumatized, who gets manipulated into being a hitman by a supposed friend, and he decides he wants to give that life away and become an actor. Mm-hmm. When he stumbles across an acting class because he's in LA, run by Henry Winkler. That's right, the Fonz. The Fonz. The Fonz is great in this. Everyone's everyone's really good. 
the girlfriend character, she's, I think, a very good actress. Some of the things she has to do in this in this TV show are I've stellar. only seen a few of the first season, and I do want to get back onto it. I remember thinking about this show and looking at it going, oh, wow. No, this is a half-hour show, yes? Yes, this is okay. 100 episodes. Uh, some of the episodes sort of strain to 33, 34 minutes territory, but yeah, normally it's 25, 23 to 26, 27. What season are we in now? Four. Four and final season. Eight episodes, I think, a season. And so it's short, it's sharp, it's very concise, it's very confronting at times, but... Often it's it's that kind of entourage level of funny where it's not you know goofy funny but it's like this is played for laughs. Absolutely. Often a commentary on Hollywood and the way it operates and that's the funniness of it. Like ooh, that's a stab. Ooh. Well, that's cool. I found big surprise the bald guy quite funny. Yeah, no ho Hank. No ho Hank. Yeah. yeah. Just because of the stupid lines that he was like, you know, he gets shot up. He's like, this arm was just bullshit. I don't know it's just funny stuff. Like I actually like the. He's a bigger character than you might think. So, excellent, yeah. excellent. Okay, uh, so you you're up to date. Uh, one Ish. episode behind. Yeah, oh, that's you're a big fan then. So absolutely, check out Barry. If that it all sounds like your jam, sort of that crime comedy, black comedy, crime black comedy is really what is probably the best genre description. Of I it. think we mentioned this last time. Bill uh, Bill Hader wanted to be a director, and he ended up as an actor. And I he directs a lot of this stuff. Suspect his future may well be more behind the camera than in front of it. So. Is this well-directed? Do you, do you mm. notice it? It's really well-directed. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. that. Sometimes you're like, whoa, what, this, how do they put this together? So Really? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dial it up next. Definitely. Got to get into it, man. You will, you will dig the fuck out of this show. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. No, I will. Oh, by the way, just side note. I watched two episodes of Community, which I know is way too early on for us to mention in this list, so that's fine. But what a show. What a show. The first watched, three seasons, anyway. I watched the two paintball episodes. Holy shit, that's good stuff, man! And if that's you, if, so good. And if you knew the characters, you'd love it even more. Really? Yeah. I think. Oh god, there's so much shit to watch for. Yeah, there is. Right. There is. That's All why right. I don't rewatch shit because it's too much good shit to watch. I understand, but you know, me and my nostalgia. Uh, All right, what do you got for seven? Seven is a show called Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, on the base of the first season, I'd have had that there, but I think the second season dropped away a bit. Here's the thing about it, though, right? So, I mean, I'm sure people know this, but it's Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez as the, the leads and a few other people. And I believe the next season has got Ant-Man in it and Meryl Streep. Yes, that's so, true. Although the writer strike has affected that show, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the actual show itself is essentially... It's kind of poking fun at these true crime podcasts and the followings that they have. So it's a little bit close to our heart. Yep. But what's great about the actual film, show, (laughs) (laughs) is that that silly approach to the true crime obsessives or whatever, that's all to the side of the fact that these three folks are really fun to watch. And I don't know if it's the writing, I don't know if it's the acting, I don't know if it's both. It's all of the above. Um, They are really, really charming. And something I find about the show is that it's never long enough. Um, I watch it, half hour show. And each time I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm just in love with these people acting on the show. And that's something that's actually quite unusual. Because usually you're looking at, oh, what happens next? And this and that. This is all, all of the, the plot developments are almost incidental to me enjoying watching them do shit. And each of them have just a really good, like, because, uh, what's her name? Selena Gomez is, it's a surly character. She's a surly, like, sarcastic kind of, like, Millennial. Grumpy millennial character. But for some reason, it's compelling. And then her against these two old motherfuckers. I'm like, this is great. So it's pure charm and pure execution. I don't even know how they're doing it. But I'm, I'm charmed each time. Maybe I'm just like in love with it now. And I'm overlooking it, its flaws. Like a woman who's hot but racist. You know, things like that. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's my analogy that I just thought of now. Hi, how are you? Well, <laughs> 
Sorry for your ears on that one. I'm going to say this. Any show that can make me like Martin Short has to be good. <laughs> whoa, 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 well, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Yeah, I said it. Martin Short is shit. Except um, in this show. How about Three Amigos? Yeah. Um, how about... Uh, how that about maybe once. Inner Space. He was great in Inner Space. Yeah, but he was the annoying character in Inner Space. Maybe so with the kind of... The, he was Dennis Quaid movie. was a cool character in his space. Yeah, we Dennis Quaid, motherfucker. What you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, okay, full, fair enough. Okay, Your cool. number six. My so. number six. Pretty good show, this one. Oh, I recommend it to everyone. Heads <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number six. Also on your number six. <laughs> Please start every thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna allow the soundboard to do some of the heavy lifting. Oh here. fuck me! Time for the next I'll level. Suck my big dick. Forced. Laughing. Suck my balls too. <laughs> lick the shaft, lick the head, lick the foreskin, Paul. That's right. My number six is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. The best sitcom comedy sitcom sitcom of I think the current era. Since, Hold the fucking since the office finished. This has taken the throne from ran from two thousand and thirteen, the first season, but finished in two thousand twenty one. So the vast majority is in the time of the podcast. It doesn't matter, Paul, because as long as the show was running within the last eight years, I'm it's, just making, it's, it's fair just game. Explaining, just explaining, I'm just saying and that clarifying. Little, we'll, we'll talk. We'll pick this up later. Keep going. I think the characters in this show are what really make it, and the real strength of it is it goes beyond sort of Andy Sandberg, who is the main character. Mm-hmm. And the first season leans pretty heavily on him and what he, he's sticking. He's a great cop, but he's lazy and he's a, he's a slob, and he's too much into Die Hard, which I love. Who doesn't love Die Hard? And then as the season progresses, particularly Captain Holt comes into his own. Like, yeah, I know you love him. Andre Brower is absolutely, can't believe if he didn't win an Emmy, he should have because he is perfection. Vindication! And it's hearing from the man himself. Thanks for stepping by, Andre. <laughs> hey, Andre, you'd be a lot better if Paul didn't fuck with your goddamn audio all the time and piss me off. But... Asshole. Now, <laughs> I have... Look, in the episodes I've watched, and I mentioned this before, the Backstreet Boys cold open is basically awesome. Oh, is so basically awesome. The cold open, the show became known for its cold open. Is that so? How good many of them, most of them are. Like, Unlike, say, something like The Simpsons, where it's the same opening other than a couple of little tweaks. Like, This is just a completely different thing every episode, and some of them are absolute perfection. Some of them not as good, but still, they, they swing for the fences with no, the no, cold no. open. There's no show every which has time. all good episodes. No. For example, ours. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but accurate. But let me ask you this: I know that after all that police stuff, all that you know, defund the police situation, then there was some chat about this show saying, "Hey, we filmed an entire season, yeah, they missed the whole year after all the riots that were were caused by the police so violence what? towards African Americans." So is the idea that some of their plot lines were yeah, at they, they odds address with... it. They address it later in the next in the final season that it it becomes. So do they lose a whole season? Is there a ghost season that no one saw? No, no. I think they might have started work on it and they shut it all down and nothing really? was ever released. Well, maybe maybe something exists out there, but nothing's ever been come to light. And then they did this final season to sort of wrap it all up. And again, in a really heartfelt kind of way. So well, is it done now? Yeah, it's finished. Oh, okay. It's all finished now and they've all, all moved on. But uh, great show. All the characters, other than the really annoying office sort of manager. The red-haired girl? Yeah, Chelsea mm, Peretti. Chelsea Peretti, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the one dark stain on the show. Now, I did a deep dive on Brooklyn Nine-Nine over on the Rabbit Ears TV podcast with Ashley. So mm. if you go back in the archives and find that one, now we had a lot of fun doing that episode. You can hear more of my thoughts about the show there. But uh, excellent sitcom, well worth your time, and go through all the episodes if you're so inclined. 
Uh, side note, Andy Samberg, like his work. I've always loved the pop star movie. I like his yes, Lonely Island stuff. I like Hot Rod. Yeah. Uh, there may have been a period in my past where he did a song with the Lonely Island called I Just Had Sex. And it's really good. You should totally look up the music video. Very funny song. I once sent that to a girl after our first encounter. I <laughs> don't know if it worked. I don't know. <laughs> damn. Look, did, I suspect it didn't go well. Did you have a second encounter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can't go on that well, day. The point is, like, I was like, oh, should I do this? And, I, and then as I sent it, I said, no, I shouldn't do this. But she did laugh. But it could have gone really wrong. It could have. And, uh, you know, Andy Sandberg. Word. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Paul, Paul's going to urinate pretty hard on this one, but I'm going to say it's this shit. The Mandalorian. That is my number six. No, now. I'm not going to piss on it. I think there might be some people out there who disagree, including your cousin. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> Look, uh, there are opinions about this last season, which you can find out about on our review that dropped not long ago. In fact, last week. I still look, okay, and, and here's the thing, all right? This is going to be a theme for this show, ladies and gentlemen. You got to look at the whole show. You can't cherry pick the late seasons and have a problem with it. Yes, you can. No, you can't because Paul did that and he missed the brief like a motherfucker. No, he didn't. The show brief isn't one of the best seasons of a show. It's what's the show? What's the best show? No. So you got to pick Which a whole one hurt me. show. Show me where the show touched you. I'll tell you where the, that show touched me right in the It's balls. You've got to look at it holistically. Holistically, people, okay? So, The Mandalorian. That last season, I didn't mind it, okay? A lot of people having problems didn't with it. But that, it. F- the first two seasons are fucking gangster, okay? It's as good as Star Wars got this day and age. Some people will give you some Andor, which is not on my list and definitely won't be on Paul's. Oh, God, no. But, like, um... That show fucking sucks. But Andor's a different story. Andor's like like this grown-up no, no, Star that's Wars. That's nothing to do with right, Mandalorian. Suck on some dicks, sorry. <laughs> I'm agreed with you, oh, okay. dickhead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just assumed, Wait, so, I just assumed you, you were fingering ball. me. All right, motherfucker. Word. All right. So, uh, but like the the Mandalorian with the stuff that it gives you, i.e., bringing Luke Skywalker back, having him finger bang like all of these fucking like uh, like death troopers or whatever them motherfuckers pulling shit out, and even like the actual stuff he did with Yoda in the Boba Fett movie, which is definitely not on this list. Show you. is. <laughs> Is is actually kind of better, but Drink whatever. Everyone playing Countdown Bingo <laughs> again. Uh, but no, this show did everything right, and like the last season's a bit dithery, shall we say? I didn't hate it, but it wasn't as good as the no, first. It's definitely two. not as good. But as a show, it was fan fucking inferior show. Fair enough. It's the only thing I think in the new iteration of Star Wars, the new generation of Star Wars, which holds its own water. So are they doing any movies? Are we hearing things like this? Yeah, they like, are. Are they doing like uh, Ray? They're doing Ray movies now. Yeah, I believe someone. I did read who the director was. I've forgotten now, off the top of my head, but. Yeah. Eh, we'll see when we see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, the the movies, they fucked up, okay? They fucked up the last one for sure. And they fucked up some of the middle one. Mm. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. And they fucked up with Andor, which is meh. And they. No, no, no. Book of Boba Fett was mostly shit. And so shit that they had to rely upon Mando to get them through. That's how good this show is, Paul. That's how good Mando is. Well, they look at that way too. Shows. And then Obi-Wan was eh. Obi-Wan was like, had good parts, but was essentially kind of shit. Yeah. So I don't think Star Wars track record is very good. And they have recognized this and they said, we're going to scale back. We're not going to throw as much Star Wars shite at you. A lesson the MCU could learn. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they've made their money back from the billions they spent, right? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I would assume so. But yeah. yeah. Okay, my number five is a show which I expect to be on your list, Wayne, not your list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Boys. Yeah, it's my next one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so five five. Five, 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 five. Shut up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Please tell us about The Boys, Paul. The Boys is a show which I think any variation in the quality of the seasons is very, very small, and it follows a group of humans who are trying to stop 
the superheroes who are more like supervillains because it's a more grounded, realistic take on how superheroes would probably be. Absolutely. It's the grounded Watchmen, Paul. Yeah, okay. Kind of. Um, Watchmen itself is pretty grounded, but... It I mean, is, but like this is Krakens like this, 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 actually sorry. This is more satirical and yes. sort of like you know commentary on the fact that this is how celebrity is and yeah. how bad. And it, it turns can get. out they've all been made by a compound, and then the company that runs them and the soup and the super the soups as they call them. Mm-hmm. And so Carl Urban and his crew, including Dennis Quaid, the aforementioned son, Jack Quaid, Huey, and they pull together a, a small group of people who are trying to fight back particularly against the big villain of the piece, Homelander, who is the Superman character on the show, mm-hmm. and it is brilliant. Anthony Starr as Homelander is, I think, the best performance on television, on, on stuff I watch. I can't speak Ooh, to things I don't watch. Good call. But on the shows that I watch, the genre shows in particular that I watch, no one is better than he. He conveys so much with so little, and he's so good. He nails, he nails the, the whole, you know, I'll smile at you from this side of my face, and in a second I become terrifying. Yep. You know, it's it, that's not an easy feat. Especially if you've got fake muscles in your yes, skin. right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Um, <laughs> I had a story that Jensen Ackles, when he was doing the last season, yep. he worked out for an entire year before because he knew he was going to do it. And then he turns up there all buff and stuff, and Anthony Starr goes, why don't you just get them to put muscles in the suit? And he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, no, the boy... You know, I'll tell you this about the boys, all right? So all the things you said, absolutely agree. It is, however, very difficult to watch. I violent, find it, is it violent AS? It's so violent. It's all, not it's just violent. There's people running inside people's dicks. Seth, Seth Rogen <laughs> and Evan Goldberg producing this show. That's this uh, is their sensibility written all over. It's hilariously funny in moments. Not not every episode, not all the time, but some of the humor is really on point. But then, yes, it, it's juxtaposed against this extraordinarily graphic violence. This is not like, for your grandmother. Oh, but and like, it's not for your children. It's like if it wasn't on cable, you know what I mean? Like this wouldn't almost be like the. Our, it's almost too much, man. It's like the one knock on the show is it. It's kind of still where it was where it started in many prob- ways. The problem with the show is that they cannot get rid of Homelander. No, because he's too good. Yeah, uh, even as, though even yeah. though that is literally the the point of some of the seasons. So like, I've heard that this next season, the fourth season, which is upcoming, I don't know if it's going to be out this year or not. I haven't heard an update on that. Could be the last. So we might finally get some kind of resolution to all of this. Mm. Well, no, we need it because, like, seriously, the last season, I'm like, come on. That was the one down on, on the third, yeah, which was, was excellent. It. Otherwise, it was excellent. It hit on some famous from the comic, of course, based, I should have mentioned, on a comic from Garth Ennis wrote this. Mm-hmm. And what a show. What a yeah. show. Looks really good for a TV budget, too. I would on agree. A, it's actually ad, a very good special effects. Show. And the guy who created this, Eric Kripke, is the guy who did the first five seasons of Supernatural, which he envisioned always as a five-season arc that has carried it on for 15 more years. <laughs> so, did you keep watching that show? No, I stopped at about season nine. Did you watch the end? No. Okay. All right. I never did, by the way. Uh, Coolio, uh, that's both our five, so we're back to you for horror. Oh, shit. Okay. Wasn't ready. Volley, volley. Back to me. Number four is the only foreign language show on my list and the one that made such an impact when it came out. Huge splash around the world. It remains Netflix. Most downloaded or streamed show, I should Can say. Can I guess? Yeah. It's a good game. It is. Yeah. Uh, that's an honorable mention. Of honorable mention? Fair enough. Fair it enough. is great, though. It was so good, and I didn't expect it to be. It, that's probably why it's so high on my Agree. list. Agree. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, there's a bit of buzz about this. I'll put it on. And I was going away on a holiday down south with a couple of other families, and I watched this whole – I binged this whole thing in any spare minute that I could on my iPad. Probably didn't do it the service that it should have instead of watching it on my big screen TV, but – was so entertained and so thrilled and so engaged and with a protagonist who's incredibly flawed. He's a bit of a cunt, really. Yeah, well, the the cool... I guess what's good about it is you're essentially seeing people who... 
I mean, you know what got me? When you see them in Korea and the, you see the, the, the flats that they live in and stuff, and I, I was like, oh, that, I hate that. Like, it just looks like it looks, I could see why you would want a way out of this, even if it meant, not that they were told how horrible it would no. be, but I mean, what's the deal on this? Is, is there, the second season hasn't. Yeah, so the guy, he took a long time to write, write this from what I understand, and they, because it, it is the most successful streaming show in the history of Netflix and probably therefore the and world. And it's foreign. It's so weird. Yeah, that they came back to him and probably backed up a, a truck full of money. Absolutely. And just, you know, Absolutely. Tipped it onto his front yard. So he is working on it and I believe it. I don't know if it's gone into production. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's very close from what I, last I read. What could they possibly do? Meanwhile, Wayne, this is such a fucking phenomenon, apart from popping up in pop culture in everywhere and all over the place, including on a game. That game show, right? There is a game show coming where I think it's set in Britain and they've got a whole oh, bunch. Oh, really? Yeah, they're literally going to follow. I don't know if it's this or other games or what they're going to do. And then I've heard rumors that they're doing it in other cultures with different games specifically. So it's a elimination style thing. Obviously, no one gets it's murdered. Killed. Yeah, yeah. But you're out. And then who's going to win whatever amount of money is at the end? I wonder if that'll work. That's, that, I believe, is coming this year to Netflix. See, so. that, guy, that guy is like, okay, I'm going to franchise out. I'm going to yeah. make this much money. It's and be- they, they brought in the American investors in the TV show and they alluded to having come from other games. So this could well be happening all around the That's world. That's the only thing I would say is wrong with this show. When they depict... Oh, those actors they, were terrible. Like, ha ha, who farted? Ha ha. You know, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> they should just hire... Like, yeah. Well, now he's got the budget, hopefully. To but just- I, thought, I thought the final episode was really, was really good. I liked where it ended. If we never saw that guy again, the protagonist who does go through an arc, is a better person. I no, no, no. We need to see what the fuck he's doing now. Oh, I'm, I'm happy not to. I'll be happy what? to leave it at that point. What? Although I suspect, this is what Korea, I've noticed as a pattern mm. of Korean, call it media, cinema, maybe let's show TV because I haven't seen as much TV, but they like to do hit movie, will create a side movie, which is in the same universe following different characters. And then right at the end or somewhere critical in the film, a character, a main character from the first one pops up to kind of allude to a next one. So yeah, like I reckon did- something like that could happen here. This guy might pop into it at some point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As long as we find out what the hell he's doing now, because he just fucked off, and we we're like, why didn't you spend any of the money? Yeah, you know imagine a season where it is okay, maybe set in America, and he pops up to try and vindicate, rescue the survivors, and a few of them band together to try and get out. I can see that, that going that way. No, that's not bad. Hey, what's that movie where at the end Bruce Willis turns up and he's it's like it's the he's the the horde split um, split yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think. But I still need to figure out what the fuck happened. All right. So, so yeah, great show. And I think I'm preaching to Converted here because I think most people listening to this podcast will have watched at least watched it, whether you enjoyed it or not. That's obviously on you. Hell yeah. Okay. My number four is the reason I got Netflix, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Um, oh, that's quite the... Uh, yeah, it's a big one. String to its bow. Yes. House of Cards. Yeah, okay. House of Cards. Now, look. To take your point, or our point from before, this thing ended like a piece of shit. Mm. Um, it was about two episodes in. Did and it, it was- hurt you, though, did it hurt me? The way it ended. Did it really sour you so much that you wanted to flip a table and storm out of here never to come back? No, because this was... <laughs> <laughs> this is extenuating circumstances. We all know about Kevin Spacey and how all that shit got cancelled. Yeah, yeah. And then they said, no, we're still going to do the, 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 the next season, but we're going to make Claire Underwood, his wife, the lead character. And they went on to fuck it up. Okay. It literally was almost unwatchably bad, and the way it ended was so stupid. However... Those preceding seasons are some of the most gripping TV I've seen in years. And in fact, there's one season where a particularly main character in the first episode gets capped in a very shocking... And you're like, oh my God, that's how they're opening this episode? That's how, that's how this show was. Anytime you can off a main character 
in a shocking way. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be dead way, but they're gone. Dead means you actually know that they're that's gone. The, well, that's the, yeah. Versus, oh, I'm moving to Perth and other home and away. <laughs> yeah. Is that what yeah. okay. Home and away neighbours, right? Oh, oh, you're leaving Ramsey Street. Where are you going? Perth. Oh, my God. So fucking Fuck, far man, away. Jesus, you again, never see you ever, cat, ever, yeah, never yeah, again. Exactly. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how that show goes, American listeners. Um. <laughs> Everyone else in Australia and Britain knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and But the, again, I remember, I think this was the first time I started respecting streaming. Because before we were, you know, Netflix wasn't really a thing before. Like, well, at least. Well, was, it, was that its first produced show? No, but I think it was the show that it was known for for some time. Like it, Prestige. Were, show, yeah, man. there were like four shows on Netflix or three shows, and this was one of them. So, um, And I didn't expect to like it, to be honest with you. And I know it's like horrible to say this now, but Kevin Spacey is fucking insanely good in this. He is a great actor. He's just, you know, the other he, shit is fucked up. He's an absolute piece of shit human yeah, being. Yep. But like, he's, there you go. So, um, yeah, House of Cards, my number four, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, my sticking with Netflix then, who continues to dominate the middle parts mm-hmm. of our list here today. My best, My third best television show that I have watched in the iteration of the podcast is without doubt the haunting of Hill House. Yes, you do love this. And oh, frankly, so did I. My God. Look, you hate horror. I do. This is a genuinely scary show which managed to engage you, the non-horror person. Exactly, which is the real mark of success. So it has it goes beyond. And it does that because of the rich character work, the drama that's involved in this show, which is based on the, and the way it's filmed. Shirley Jackson, I think her name is who wrote the oh, yeah. the novel. And the way it's filmed, like, there's an episode here, and this is from... That's what got me. That's what got me. I was like, this thing is fucking amazing looking. Mike Flanagan, yeah. who, geez, hit or miss with me, as I talked about last week, and I mm. promised that this show would be on my list this week, and mm. here it is. And it's so good. I think it's the fifth episode of the 10-episode season, which is presented as one shot in a funeral house, in a funeral parlor, the whole thing. And, okay, yeah, there are cuts there. They're, they're stuck together with clever camera movements and you know swiping past a wall or a doorway or whatever else uh-huh. doesn't matter it the way it's strung together is perfect and it's so so impressive and the performances are stellar this whole show where you know one of the main characters basically gets killed in the first episode but then we keep seeing her in flashbacks and we see her pop up it's ghost and terrifying there is Couple of scenes in this which I've spoken about ad nauseum on the show, so I won't go into it again. That made my girlfriend, now wife, scream so loudly that I honestly thought people would call the police because they thought I was murdering her. <laughs> it was spectacular. No, it's it's the balls for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, no, no. I look, yeah. I mean, absolutely. This and it is wraps up for you. really well. Maybe the tenth episode, arguably for me, is the worst of the season, but that's a very, very high bar to come in under so still a good episode of television just didn't quite match everything else that came before it but it built up so well with them all coming back to the house and confronting everything that they had to confront so good so well filmed and all the ghosts in the background you need to go that online that is the best thing about it you need to go online and you'd be like oh, did I see something and, and the genius of the show is I noticed no ghosts they didn't tell you this Yep. You worked it out as you went, and then you go. I didn't. I had to read about this. I just shit. saw someone stand in the background. Who was that? And then my my wife would say the same thing. Did you just see that? What? No. We really? We go back and yeah, there is someone there. And then gradually you realize, oh, there must be. As so I type it in, ghosts in the, the haunting of Hill House. Uh, and then it, yeah, in each episode, and then it became a game. How many of them can you spot? And it would be updated on websites. Are the ghosts in the background? Are they characters you know? They just happen to random people, but you, they, you know they're ghosts because well, they're not. Most connected. of them, not all of them, but most of them are explained through the history of the house and whatever else. So you you know it's they they allude to something else or whatever. So like uh, oh, yes. the butler. 
who committed suicide did it, and then at some stage you see a butler standing against the wall. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay, no, I think I think that's good stuff. Yeah, look, I again, I look, I've never, I've never watched it. Have you watched it more than once, or have no, you, no, no? But okay. I'm probably far enough removed now because what are we? Five years on? Yeah, you forget think, everything. I mean, I will know how it ends and everything else, but I could happily sit and watch that again. Maybe if my daughter gets old enough. You know, wait another five, six years if she's just starting to show a bit of interest in horror and the like, following the old man's footsteps. So, you know, sit down and watch it with her again. That'd be absolutely awesome. Nice, nice. Okay, my number four is it three? I think it's three. This is you. Is three? Three. What was your four? My four was motherfucking House of Cards. Yep. So yes, my number three is a big surprise, ladies and gentlemen, mm. uh, and it's also on Netflix. But there's I a, there's a theme here. There is, there is. But this I didn't expect this to be good and I didn't expect to be hooked quite so well. But I started watching it like initially, uh, the first season, and I I went, Oh, that was great, and then forgot about it. I come back to the second season. <laughs> that was so great, I'm never gonna think no, about no, it. No, no, I understand. And I come back to this because I just forgot about it because I'm a man and oh sorry, because I'm me. So um <laughs> <laughs> then I come to season two and I'm watching it and I like, shit, I forgot how engaging this thing is. And I actually watched all ten episodes. What could this be? It's dead to me. Have what? you seen it, show? You have. What? I don't know if you've even talked about this on the show. Yeah, I know. Because what happened was, I um, I, I I started watching. I forgot about it, and then I had a lady friend who said, "Hey, what's? Let's watch this again." You are a sad, strange little man. You have my pity. <laughs> and so, what did your lady friend say? Wait. Well, she just said, "Remember this show?" I said, "Yeah, I kind of do." And then when I got saw it back, I was like, "I remember how much how." This is the twistiest, turniest show I've seen in many, many years. All right. Wow. It's, got, it's about. It's it's a. How have you never mentioned this in eight years? On yeah, the show? I don't. I don't know. I was just thinking about. It. I was going. You know what? This is. Because you forgot about great. it. You mentioned that. You said that. I forgot about it. I did. I forgot about <laughs> it exactly. And then I saw it again. So basically, it's Kelly Bundy, right? And uh, and Linda Cardellini, and they, it's a show. It's a suburban kind of drama show where it starts with like Christina Applegate. Her husband has been killed by a drunk driver and she's trying to find who that drunk driver was and the police are giving dead ends and she's she's got massive problems she's a drinker she's all that sort of thing happens upon Linda Cardellini who is this weird who's like a a lovely person she's just happens to be in the neighborhood she's having trouble with her husband all sorts of shit happens and you find out at the end of the first episode that she drove the car oh right yeah and it goes from there and it left and just it becomes say that again at a level that someone can pick up sorry you find out at the end of the first episode that she's the one who drove the car this is a show that's however many years old so yeah it's a few years old so but that's only like you and you find that at the end of the first episode and it's like what the fuck and then what happens is i find that each it's i've never or never I have. It's been a while since I've seen a show that at the end of each episode, there's a little button on there. Ah, oh, not this, and then you got to watch the next episode. That's actually a really good point. That Squid Game did very well too. That would lead up. There wouldn't be like one event, and oh yeah, it'd be like, oh, we're ready to start next one. You'd be like, oh fuck, I need to press, press play. Exactly, and a good show does that. It's called Breaking Bad Itis, where you right. just can't stop watching the fucking thing, even though you got work in the morning. Run. Exactly. My God, that was anyway, good. Yeah, wrong Sorry. show. <laughs> wrong show, but yes. Uh, so yeah, Dead to Me is. Uh, I it's. I think maybe the reason it's so high on my list is I expected nothing from this show, and I was like, you know, there's okay. been very few other shows makes that sense. maybe watch like ten hours of it almost in a row. So absolutely makes sense. There you go. All right, very very. Give me back to you very quick, Wayne, because here is where I had Ted Lasso at my number two. Ah. I cannot deny. I know this goes against my brand and the, the type of person that I portray myself to be on this podcast, and That's maybe true. some would know me to be, but. I like to feel good too. I don't want to wallow in the muck and the dirt and depravity and the horror and the grotesqueness of life all the time. Sometimes I want to feel good. And this show will forever be 
a show you can turn to for that feeling. It has its moments of pathos, but largely it's about good people trying to or doing good things, and I love the shit out of it for that. It's um okay. There's villains. There's villains. Don't get me wrong, but no, you have no they villains. are very, very clearly painted as villains, including Anthony Stewart Head in a great turn as as the major villain of the piece. Oh, Giles. Absolutely. Uh, and it's kind of like life-affirming to know that Paul has a heart. Every <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> uh, my number two I talk about all the time, so I won't give you a whole bunch here, but it's Veep. Okay? It's Veep. Okay. Yep. Julie Louise Dreyfus as the so, vice president. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine for me and Veep for you would be... I think yeah, so. About, I think when did so. that finish? Uh, 2019. Yeah, so, so similar kind of... When did it start? Uh, 2012. Yeah, so similar kind of timelines. These two are up against each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I honestly think this is the funny... Well, uh, for its time, the funniest show on TV... For its full run. Going to give it a shot. Going to give it a shot on that yeah. basis. I need, I, I need something that a lot of seasons to kind of just... Because is it not 22 episodes a season? No. Uh, I don't know, but it's half our show. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the name of this show. Julia Louise Reifus, though, I'll tell you this, right? Half hour's pretty good, yeah. Technically, well, technically, she's not done a bad show because she did Seinfeld, fine. Then she did a show called The New Adventures of Old Christine, and it's a very overlooked show. It's actually... All comedians love this show. It's a very odd show, but it's really quite good. And then this... So, you know, and then I guess after that, you could argue that maybe with the Marvel shows that Paul doesn't like, she's in that. And Eight stuff, to ten episodes per season. Eight to ten, yeah. It's a fucking great, like, it's, but it, it is all comedic, biting wit satire, and all of the characters are so vulgar in the curses that they have, particularly this one character where everyone hates, they call, his name's Jonah, they call him Jonad. It's a long, long story, but uh, if you, I swear to Paul, I swear to Paul, you won't be disappointed. This is the guy who created this. Created, I watched a film, made a film called um, "The Death of Stalin." So it's very satirical, right? Because that's that that film as well. Hugely. And he did Alan Partridge: Colon Alpha Papa, which is a surprisingly good film. He wrote that film. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. And the aforementioned last week, you oh, you did the In the Loop. In film. the Loop is is yeah. is very much this film, but like but movie budget and using Doctor Who. So uh, yeah, uh, Veep. His name is uh, Armando. In a, in a Yanucci. Iannucci? Yanucci, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If you've never seen it, people, give it a bash. Gotta. Right. You gotta, you gotta. What if you? Here's your. Here's the big question. The yes. only one that matters, as far as I'm concerned, Wayne. Go on. Would I like it? Look, I think with if you if you allow yourself to <laughs> laugh at all of the gags, because it's basically <laughs> insults. It has to be funny to Dude, laugh at all of the gags. It's hilarious, and you know what? If we were doing the top ten TV insults, it would just be all lines from this show. So there you okay. go. Okay. Trust me, okay? Right there. I'll, I'll be interested to see what you think, actually. All right, then. Then that's a big recommendation. Mm-hmm. I will try and check that one out. Let's read back, Wayne, through our list, and then reveal our number ones. Number eight for me, Invincible. Seven, Barry. Six, Brooklyn. Nine-nine! You know me. I see oh, a pair of off. thick, weighty breasts, and all logic flies out the window. Ironically, Wayne's... <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring me to your soundboard crap. <laughs> Fucko. Number five, The Boys. Four, Squid Game. Three, The Haunting of Hill House. Two, Ted Lasso. My number one, I won't say with a bullet, but it like your number two. With a Nerf dart. <laughs> Go on. Although, no, maybe with a bullet given the, the topic of this show. This one's shocked the shit out of me. I want to give a big shout, big shout out here to uh, one of my best mates, Steve, who was the final nail in this coffin of, watch this show, you will like it. Okay. He told me. Mr. Inbetween. Oh, my God. This is an Aussie show, ladies and gentlemen. An Australian show has topped the best things that I've watched from television in eight years, Wayne. Yeah. Now, you and I are not big on Australian television. Look, it's a very Aussie film. thing to not like Aussie films or shows, right? But there's good reason for that because they're mostly pretty shit. That's right. I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Mr. Between is your number one, cunt. Number one. Shit. Three seasons. Tell us about it. 
three seasons about a guy who is rough as guts, mm. but he's got a bit of a code and he's basically a hitman for his boss who's in the equivalent of the Australian mafia called a crime syndicate. Sure. And his boss says, this guy's got to go. Mm-hmm. What do you mean he's got to go? No, he's got to go, mate. He says, that's enough. Can't deal with him anymore. Ah, off he goes to deal with business. Meanwhile, he has is estranged from his ex-partner who's the mother of his child. He's got a kid who's 12, 13 years old. Yep. So he's missing in between because he's trying to lead this normal life being a dad, but not in a funny hijinks kind of way. No, not at all. To this dark side of his persona and how he straddles the two in between. So there's a point where you know, someone basically does the wrong thing. And he, 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 the scary thing is, if I'm really honest, he does the things you think about doing and would never do. Yeah. I, I, I someone do. cuts you off in traffic and almost hurt, kills you and your kid, gets out of the car and he beats the fuck out of that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And you think about it, but you would never do it. No. And if I actually remember because I've seen like most of the first season, and I remember the one scene where like he's walking with his daughter, and these two yes. dickhead louts just set upon him, and he, he and they, they, tell, they knock his daughter and put the ice cream on the ground or something. And well, they just start fucking with him as well after that, and he's and you can tell he's looking at them, and he's like, and he knows his daughter there, he can't do anything, so he's like, eh, all right, you know, and they're sort of like, fuck you, dickhead, whatever. Yep. He walks off, puts his Go, daughter, puts in, the his car. daughter in the car, just I'll wait be right back. Okay. Yeah. Goes back and fucks them up, kick to the ball, smacks the tits out of one of them, one of them runs. You know, it's really, really good. It, it is it is a good show. I'm surprised it's your number one. I loved it. I'm surprised. Loved it. It was so, so easy to watch. And Brooks Fatchwell from Neighbors is in oh, it. No one cares, Wayne. <laughs> Fuck you. She's cute. Anyway. <laughs> so it was on the FX, started in 2018, and it finished last year, I think, in 2022. Oh. Six episodes, first season, 11, the second, and nine in the third. Every single episode is written by the star, Scott Ryan, and every single episode is directed by Nash Edgerton, so Joel Edgerton's brother. Ah, okay. There you go. So there's this very much this, what's the word looking for here? It's very consistent in its tone. It doesn't deviate from that. If you liked the first season, it's not like you did. It is. It just kind of fell off it. Yep. It continues with that, but it builds really nicely on the plot threads that are established in season one and in season two, and it ends really well. Okay. Really well. That's a big thing. That's big. Okay. And I've not heard what Scott Ryan's gone on to do now, though. I read an article not that long ago with him talking about how he had become a cab driver. He'd given up. The lead. He's a lead. His his, uh, movie that this is based on, this character's based on, it's called The Magician because he makes people disappear, right? Yeah, okay. And they make that one reference in the whole TV show. I in the third season. Someone goes, ah, oh, it's The Magician. Really? Which is nice. So he actually made that movie? Yeah. So he made that movie back in 2005 or six or some shit like that. So it was five Same or character? Six. Yeah, same character. Same everything. Hmm. It was really low budget, like fifty dollars to $100,000. Yeah. And it Didn't caught it. Nash Edgerton's eye. And that's how they got to talking. And uh, yeah. okay. I think that's how it went anyway. Okay. No, that's cool. I'm surprised a show like this doesn't go, doesn't travel a bit better. Like, I guess, I'm not sure. You never see well, that FX many... is the same place I think the Barry's on. So I don't know how big a, list, a watchership or the FX has in the States, but... Hmm. Okay, yeah. And I think here it was on Binge or maybe yeah, on yeah, Foxtel yeah. or Solid whatever. Distribution, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice one. Uh, okay, my eight to one, everyone, is eight, Ted Lasso, seven, Only Murders in the Building, six, The Mandalorian, five, The Boys, four, House of Cards, three, Dead to Me, two, Veep, and my number one is Game of Thrones, Paul! It's fucking Game of Thrones, okay? You know why, Paul? Because despite, yes, it screwed the pooch in the last season. Oh, God. Everyone knows, all right? But you think have about a... the seven seasons before that. Do that in your head, Paul. What percentage is that? Shit tons, okay? <laughs> Shit tons dot fucking com, all right? It's, th- this show 
is the best show except for the last season in the world. I don't think you can have a great ending, a shit ending, and it be a great show. I just don't think you can. You can, Paul, because nah. there was that. Nah. A- You're fucking wrong, Kat. Listen to this. It's not even a case <laughs> of like, I don't even want to tell you anything about the show because everyone knows what this fucking show is unless you're one of those people that, like, oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones suck my dick. Fine. If you're that person, I'll suck your dick. But more importantly. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. I won't. I won't. <laughs> but. But he will. <laughs> Paul fucked up the fucking soundboard again. Wicked. Eat my ass! There you go. Eat there all you the go. asses, man. Maybe you can eat his ass. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but listen up. Form an orderly queue. This <laughs> out the door, please. There's never fuck you. There's never been a show. There's never been a show that arrested everyone's consciousness, and I mean the world. Paul. I know about never, Paul. But I used to be the Game of Thrones broker at my workplaces. Okay, I was the guy who illegally downloaded it, walked into work with a USB thumb drive, and everyone fucking said, "Cool, can I borrow it?" Okay. I once organized a Game of Thrones party at work, y'all. I put it what up is, on the big screen. I, oh, right. As yeah. In, like there like the night it dropped, Monday night was fucking Game of Thrones night. And I'm like, yo, everyone, I got the latest episode. Everyone's like, fuck everyone for Christmas. After at like 6 p.m. or whatever, I walked in. We put the, on the big screen in the fucking conference room and like we got fucking burgers. That's how this show did. There's no way this show isn't the biggest fucking best on average, show <laughs> that it was happening in the last eight years, bro. I'm telling you, this is yeah. it. Game of Thrones. Everyone else, my throners, come up on me, baby. All right, Wayne. So let me put it to you in terms you'll understand. All right, cut, please. So <laughs> you've gone out with a new woman. What? You've gone to this great bar with beautiful views, and uh-huh. you've had this incredible, very girly cocktail, and she's had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and, seems on point, yes. yeah. And then from there, you've gone to a restaurant that you're pre-booked, thinking, no, oh, maybe we'll... We'll get past his first drink, and you do because you're like this. This woman's amazing, and uh-huh, she's like, yeah, uh-huh. "I'm into this dude," and off you go. Wonderful conversation. She's dressed well, which is very big for you. Sure. And then you go, "Hey, let's come back to mine." She says, "Sure, I've never had a date like this before," and you go back because it's perfect. It's fucking amazing. I think I can see where this is going. And you come back <laughs> to your house, and even though she's a redhead, when <laughs> when you get her down to nothing on. She's actually got blonde pubes. That's fine. No, That's no. good. <laughs> I'm making a point for your particular. Oh, okay, thank you. As in disappointing. And then it turns out, as good as she is at talking, she ain't good at much else when it comes to bedroom shenanigans. All right, now listen. <laughs> and you've had to very sadly extricate yourself, wish her all the best, chirp her back to a car, and then come home and jack off all over your computer screen. That's Game of Thrones for well, you. First of all, that has happened so many times. <laughs> Secondly, your analogy is misfiring. Okay, I'm tell- what happened? What if if this girl was actually Game of Thrones? What would have happened was, for seven years, sparks flew out of her asshole when I banged her. I was putting it in and one- then I was putting it in one night. Yeah, but I'm, the the influence didn't do that. It was delivering for seven years and then screwed the pooch at the end. So I don't know how I that think relates I think to the redhead. analogy. I don't know how. Well, like, you're so in the after with seven redhead. years, she. Told me she no, had that's a my point. That, something Stop like that. about seven I'm years. Just, it's an important aspect He's just shitting on my excellent analogy. <laughs> and why knows analogy. I'm it's really, really analogy. right. <laughs> anyway, I think we've made our bullshit points. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wayne, what have you got for honorable mentions? Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay. Billions. Narcos was really good. And I also think... But I didn't bother watching the third season. So yeah, I, I lost that's, me. that's why I lost me. And then Silicon Valley, Paul. Okay, don't watch that one. Oh, shit, you got to. I mentioned at the start of the show, Chernobyl, The Last Dance. I would also add Severance in here, very close to my list after one season, but I need Fair. to see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't like it. Stranger Things, got to give yeah, a big I, shout out to the juggernaut that is Stranger absolutely, Things. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, welcome to Wrexham. It was a fantastic show last yeah. year. 
that I completely forgot on the best of last year's list, which it should have been on. Ryan Reynolds and Ryan McElhinney. Have they won something now? Yeah, well, not, oh, sorry, to, not okay. to spoil things, yeah. but it's real life, so sure. Yes, the, the, the club that they bought won promotion to the next league. So season two is going to be... Because season one, they don't fucking get up. And they lose lots of money. But season two, they're going to fucking win. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait to watch that shit. It's quite a thing. And then uh, Black Summer, which is a great zombie show that fucking Walking Dead should have been. Short episodes. People die unpredictably. And it's only two seasons. And I wish there was a third, but they've never announced it. So not coming. Okay, cool. That's one. Alice, what about yours? We wrap up every episode of the podcast with your feedback on the topic at hand in a segment that we call the Pop 10. Actually, no, I promised last week that we wouldn't do Pop 10. We'd do this shit. Listener <laughs> feedback. Uh, music. It's music. <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> Mike Margosian kicking us off this week had three Chernobyl. Oh, actually, he had Chernobyly. <laughs> <laughs> Paul calling out spelling mistakes right there. <laughs> two Watchmen. Just a typo, I'm sure. Mistypes, two yeah. Watchmen. There you are, Wayne. And number one, Dark. A show which I've, I've never watched, Dark. but heard a lot about it. So, yeah. Julio for the Contrarians 100% agrees with you, Wayne. Here's a vote. Game of Thrones. We're to Big Bird. That's the last time you'll hear this. Not just because it's not I'm cherry picking because no one else mentions Game of Thrones. Yeah, because they knew you fucking picked it last week, motherfucker. Whatever. <laughs> Joey DeCallo from the So Is It Podcast. Either way, Julio from the Contrarians Podcast. Do check them out. Joey from So Is It Said. Number three, The Mandalorian. Yeah, boy. Number two, Screen Queens. Number one, Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. John Amento from the Pinot Comics. No, the Pint. Sorry, John. Podcast had in order. Mystery in between. Yeah. What we do in the shadows. Good show, which I've yeah. kind of fallen off on. I need to get back on. I love mm-hmm, that show. Mm-hmm. And Ash versus Evil Dead as well. Look at that. Jesse Dixon, number three, Squid Game. Number two, The Queen's Gambit. I just realized that's only like six episodes. I probably should watch that shit. And number one. Yeah, I'd start it. just wasn't my jam. Okay. wasn't my jam. I can, I can appreciate its greatness and I, I full power to everyone who loves it. Word. And number one, Ted Lasso. Yeah, boy. If I had the sound effect of the start of that song, I'd be, yeah. Thankful. <laughs> Laurie Miller, Handmaid's Tale, especially relatable to many Americans in the Trump era. Number two, The Night of, Riz Ahmed, John Turturro, and Michael K. Williams, etc. Unique and compelling from start to finish. I've heard of this show. Number one, Chernobyl, brutal, devastating, heartbreaking. Excellent list there. You know what I've heard is good? The Americans. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, we watched the first season and a half. Not so much. You've, you've gone into it. Got bored. Not so much, Got really. Bored. Same, okay. same. Very, very, very same, same. <sighs> okay. But people love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's on a lot of lists. Performance is very good. Jonathan Lamb. Had there's only one show I'd recommend to anyone, and that's Ted Lasso. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a delightful and easy watch that it can be enjoyed by anyone. I hundred percent. Timothy Williams is an Essendon fan, so this all makes sense, and I'll get one vote this week. Three Barry, two the boys, number one Mister In Between. Love wow. watching Ray belt up pedo guys. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Luke Alexander. This is tough. Number three, Loki. That's a good shout. Loki was a good show. Mm. Number two, Cobra Kai. I haven't watched it. I have. Not bad. Not bad. And number one, 12 Monkeys. That one out of the blue. I don't think I even knew about that one. There you go. Sam Hurley, host of the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs podcast. Hope parenting is going well. I'm going to throw out an overlooked recency bias and predictability and go with three Alice in Borderland. Mm. Netflix show. I thought the first season was good. Second season, I saw coming a mile away, if I'm really honest. Two, Jury Duty. Don't even know that one. Me neither. And number one, Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good show. Nice, nice. Speak. Jonas Lander, patron of the show, said, we are in peak TV, in my opinion, so this is going to be a hard list. And it was. It absolutely was, John. Number three, the boys. Profane, outrageous, and consistently over top without wasting what capital has built. Looking forward to even more supernatural unions next season. Yeah. Word. Okay, well, maybe that means, uh, what's the other brother? Maybe he's in it. Okay. Oh, number yeah. two, the Queen's Gambit. Anya Taylor-Joy is truly a joy. And 
number one, Chernobyl. The dog episode hits so hard, it's only the fourth or best of the series. Hmm. Well played there, sir. And I'm going to wrap it up here with Stu from the Stu World Order podcast. Great show. Do check out Stu as well. Number three, Yellow Jackets. No, I'm going to read the other way around. <laughs> Number one, The Good Place slash Shit's Creek. Ty. Okay, you're cheating here. Stu, but I'm, all right. I'm, Shit's Creek, everyone tells me to watch it. Yeah, I my wife it. loved it. Arguably my two favorite shows ever, Perfect Sitcoms. Number two, Harley Quinn, hilarious, vulgar, brutal, and heartfelt. I watched halfway through the first season, maybe two-thirds of the way through. Enjoyed it. I've fallen off it, but I gotta watch well it. worth a watch. I gotta watch you it. would love it, Wayne. Absolutely. It's, it's you to a T. It's like in the Batman universe, Batman adjacent, the Batman pops up occasionally, Ooh. and it's vulgar, exactly what Stu just said. It's, See, it's very funny. I'm sure that's what they try to do with Velma. And number three, Yellow Jackets. What if Lost didn't suck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to make that point. Uh, I was going to say that if, uh, if a TV show is, is, is judged on its last season or its ending, then Lost is the worst show of all time. Oh. <laughs> Well, I will agree. Lost fell away. It wasn't as good as it was to start with, 100%. There so I'm consistent at least in what I... But it didn't hurt me the way the Game of Thrones hurt me because the highs of Lost... No, I, it's not the same, but it's there. Aren't the same. That's today's episode done and dusted in the books. Eight All the Asses Part 2 is completed. <laughs> Wait, what are we doing for Eight All the Asses Part 3? I believe next week we are doing uh, the worst eight movies that we've of seen the last eight years. In the last eight years that have come through in the podcast era... I'm going to try and steer away from the low-budget, really shitty horror films. Yeah, we haven't put any tags on this, but uh, yeah, let's go with... It doesn't have to be. You we'll can do what you want. We'll you can want. If we'll you saw out. something that really rocked your world in terms of... It, it shook your foundations of whether we should do the podcast anymore. That's the kind of film I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm bringing to the table to say, next week. All right. Wayne, how did the good folk get in touch with us? Let us know what they thought about today's list or indeed more generally about the show in general. Well, you Google the Countdown Podcast, then you find all our socials, then you follow those, or you send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. That's about it. And that was it. We're on Twitter at the Countdown PC. Like and follow the show through Bobby and we host. And, you know, Patreon, all the rest of that stuff. And the Facebook community link is in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this journey with us. The celebration of eight years of the Countdown. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. Bitch, please. You need to get on board with uh, Ted Lasso just a little bit harder, I think. Very much. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.